Med Family is a show about a family journeying through medical school with kids and navigating married life. Tag along to see how we got here and where this journey is taking us. Hi, welcome to another week of our podcast, Med Family. I am your host, Eric Acker. I, I wanted to kind of take a pause here and say if you haven't listened to part one or last week's episode uh, with our special episode with Mr. Dylan Thomas, uh, go ahead and go back and listen to it. We, me and when we recorded this, me and uh, Mr. Thomas talked for about two hours. We had a great conversation, um, but there was a natural split where we talked about preclinical years, and then we talked about post step one clinical and clinical years, uh, and it felt like that would be a natural separation for the podcast since two hours is a long time to sit down and listen to one episode. So two parts. You haven't listened to part one. Definitely recommend going back. You get a lot of good background, a lot of good information on who Mr. Thomas is and um, his journey into medical school. I think that kind of informs you uh, as you go into part two. So, um, yeah, any opportunity you have, just listen to him. Um, and then we're going to get to part two here in just a second. Just got to do a little bit of housekeeping stuff. Um, so, like, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, um, we are on all the major podcasting platforms, so Amazon, Apple, Spotify, etc. If, uh, if it's out there, we're probably on it. Probably not TikTok, though. Um, but uh, we also do have a way for you to interact with us if you want, which is our Instagram account, MedFamilyMD. And then, of course, if you want to rate us on any of the podcasting platforms, we appreciate that. Feedback through... Uh, the Instagram account, MedFamilyMD, is greatly appreciated. We always like hearing from you guys and um, he- hearing any questions, getting feedback. That's always great. Um, next week, I do plan on going back and doing some updates. We have been, you know, we moved. We're getting the house all put together. We started orientation, and I believe next, you know, Monday I start a, a new rotation. So we'll have some uh, new information, new uh, stuff that we wanted to kind of go over. And I know this was started off as a medical school podcast for people going into medical school to kind of give you an idea uh, of what to expect. And obviously we have transitioned out of medical school. It doesn't mean that we're not going to ever talk about it, um, but it does mean that we are transitioning on to residency, uh, which I think is a nat- generally the natural outgrowth that all people want to have when they go into medical school. So hopefully we can provide a little bit of information in the residency. Uh, it's not going to be nearly as general um, because every program is going to be different, but we wanted to get at least back into the swing of updates. I do know I have a special episode that's been floating out there in the editing process, so that will be out in the future as well. Uh, it just won't be next week. So, without any further ado, here is an episode with Mr. Thomas, part two. So let's let's jump into the second half. So, how do you feel about the transition from preclinical, just getting past step one to oh, studying clinicals? I absolutely loved it. Nice. I nice. was. I mean, it's really, it is the best part of medical school. I, for me, it is, and it. I don't know if it was the contrast of spending fourteen hours a day 
studying first aid over and over and over, <laughs> reading the same paragraph that you've read. Yeah, and, and it's, like I said, the same material. You're not learning anything new. You're just reviewing stuff that you already kind of know to going, I'm going to do a physical. I'm going to do an HPI. I'm going to talk to real people. I'm going to build a relationship with a healthcare provider. Mm-hmm. And that's when you... I feel like that's when I was able to put myself against other doctors and say, no, I am not as experienced as him, but I can totally see a trajectory where that's me in the future. Whereas when you're studying books all day, you just feel like you're a lab rat. You're just doing research and that's it. (laughs) That's, I think that's pretty, pretty much sums that up pretty well. Because it's just a grind. You're just grinding the way at the books. You don't really see where that knowledge is being practically. Yeah. Uh, and it, to be fair, like some of that information isn't really practically applied, but it's all foundational, I guess. Yeah. Um, but then you get into that third year and you're like, oh man, I can, I can, I can see we're learning this <clears throat> physical exam and what you see on the physical exam can guide where you're going to go on your differentials or yeah. what questions you might want to consider. That's something else that I don't want to make it sound like, oh, you can just go from book knowledge to being in the practice and it's fine. Because I had a, a massive transition period. I knew what I needed to know. But when it came to differentials or if I was getting <laughs> pimped on a question and I didn't have a question format with A, B, C, D, E, yep. my brain would just shut off. Like, uh, you mean you want me to free text this? Yeah, I, <laughs> I, could think of, I could think of one diagnosis, and if it wasn't that, I was totally lost. And your preset was like, and what else? Yeah. And what else? And, and, and it was like, uh, lupus? And, yeah, you have nothing else to <laughs> contribute. So there is that transition. Don't think that, oh, I'm struggling to, to transition into this, clinical it's, aspect everyone does it it's, it's a different challenge but it's i think it's more mentally intriguing mentally stimulating yeah, absolutely like. and it's a, similar to studying books it's repetition you get a lot of people with high blood pressure and you'll have a doctor say well what do we want to start him on he's also got diabetes so now what blood pressure medication is better there and after you do that so many times well i think the uh, the struggle i had with that is what you read in the books versus how it's practiced. There is a discrepancy. And you got to juggle the insurance. Well, yes, we (laughs) should do this, but we need to do this beforehand or else it won't be covered. Or that medication's extremely expensive, so we can't use it. Yeah. Can you afford it? No. Okay. We're not going to do that. Exactly. And Uh, that, I mean, that's a real, that's a real trial of our patient base. Yeah. And we're middle Georgia. We're not exactly a wealthy part of the country. There are right. certainly wealthy people in this area, but um, there's a, certainly an indigenous population, uh, indignant, uh, I'm losing the word there, but a po- part of the population that is very uh, below poverty line. Exactly. Um, so uh, you said your third year. Are you finishing your third year? So you are... Yep. How, so are you... How close to... I guess... I'm trying to figure out how to ask this next question, but like, how close are you to step two? I'm three months away. Okay, so you you're done with cores right now? No, I am. I start pediatrics in a week. And that that is your last core. And then I have psych. Okay, so pediatrics psych. Okay. A week after I take my psych shelf, I'll be taking step two. Oof, okay. 
Um, not impossible. I have seen, I, we yeah. have plenty of people who have done that. So, and, and this goes back to what the advice was. Once I started year three, I've been step two prepping from day one. So I feel, <clears throat> I feel that I don't need as much of a dedicated period mm-hmm. because I, I've understood that, Hey, I'm going to have a quick turnaround if I'm going to make the 2024 match. So you're building, yeah, exactly. You're building up to it and you're not like, you have, you didn't finish family med and then just put it i mean i guess you are finishing family med right now but you're like right. you didn't like get past obgyn and then be like and no more obgyn knowledge yeah. no i'm like, every day i i bring back ob i bring back internal it's very hot i, I bring back surgery so i gotcha so which which core did you start with i started with internal oh okay that's a the big, big one, it's 12, it 12 weeks. And it uh, went so nine, fast. Nine weeks of uh, in-person, three. Uh, the way the school does, like nine weeks in-person, three weeks yeah, iHuman. So I was three weeks iHuman and okay. then nine weeks in-person. Did I, no, I'm not going to ask that question. Never mind. <laughs> uh, I think the only thing that helped was my workout. I understood what came next. I gotcha. But okay. yeah, other than that, so I, I, was, was... I, I think Dylan understood <laughs> the question I was going to ask, but I was yeah. like, ah, I feel like we, that's... We have to do iHuman. <laughs> it's... It doesn't not there's a, help. There's but it pros does and cons help. to I human. I don't know if they're all accurate. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah. uh, who did you? You don't mind me saying who asking? Oh, who, no. who did you have? I had Doctor Jalad, an amazing cardiologist. Cardiology, yeah, interventional. From Jordan, I again, I'm I'm <laughs> internal medicine like, based, super but if smart. I had to specialize, I think cardiology is so, so interesting. So you had three three weeks of Jalad, three weeks of Doctor Jalad and Doctor Kasi's office, and then oh, okay. Did you actually work with Kazi? Half a day, maybe. I oh, saw okay. Because I, I in the office. I had never heard anyone working with Dr. Kazi, but no, he was like, around. But a lot of times, I had such a great relationship with Jalad that I just stayed with her and yeah, we did. She, she's really. I know this is a little bit of a tangent, but she's really like super smart. Yeah. Super nice person, but like she all reads, over the place. She, all over the place. I don't know how this, she gets everything done. This woman reads every article that's ever been published on cardiology. I don't know how she does it. A new study comes in a month ago, she already knows the new guidelines. Like, she is on top of yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, she is super good. And, and like, I, I did one week with her. Yeah. I, 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 um, I, I like cardi- cardiology. So, like, I did, um, I had requested a cardiology subspecialty rotation, but I got pulmonology, which was, it was good. Yeah. I like Dr. Morales. I got a letter of rec from him. Yeah. But, um, it was my three week during my three weeks of in eye human like you know like I burned people who know this about me like I burned through my eye humans in the first week yeah and then I just start Smart. doing questions mm-hmm. for the rest of the time and so I decided to dedicate one week with Dr. Jalad. Um, I just reached out to her. I didn't even not even for the school. I don't even know if that was really <laughs> uh, right, but I just reached out to her. I'm like, hey, are you cool if I just follow you around for like a week? And she's like, yeah, that sounds fine. And there was another student there, and I'm trying to remember. I think it was like MJ or something like that. Super nice uh, student who was very willing to let me tag along with them. Mm-hmm. It was cool. It was. I did a lot of rounds with her. She to, works hard. She works hard, and a lot of hours. Uh, yeah, like I was. She even gave me assignments and stuff like yeah, that to do. Every I was like, day. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. I, I I'm shadowing. I'm, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not getting graded on this, Doctor Jalal. <laughs> But no, she was super cool. I, I, that's a good one. Um, I'm glad you had you had her for three weeks. That's a yeah, whole different. I had her for three weeks, and then I transitioned to Doctor Lulabatu down in Dublin. Oh, oh my goodness! Long okay. commute, long drive. But I, he's a great guy. 
I got to link up with him again at a conference that uh, was a couple a month or two ago, and he remembered me. We caught up, and great guy, nice. smart. He understands business very well. And then after three weeks with him, I went with Dr. Lomboy, uh, who is, I mean, when you talk about a spectacular doctor, Dr. Lomboy is, you know, cream he's a, of the crop. He's a great doctor. Um, I always like to think of Lomboy, like, I got, so I did internal medicine, like, towards the last half of my... Okay. Um, but I felt like I walked into that rotation. It was my first IM, IM rotation. And I like, oh, I think I know a good amount. Know nothing. Like, yeah. you know nothing. Oh, yeah. And then, like, by the time you get done with three weeks, you feel like you got, like, six weeks of education done. Yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> and it's not just, you know, pimping questions. He let us write in the hospital EMR. He let us write in his clinic EMR. I mean, anytime I asked him about insurance codes or if I asked him about dosing or, like, why would you do this instead of that, I mean... He was so open, and he would sit down. He was never in a rush, and he would just explain everything. I think I took so much out of that. Uh, that's the thing I liked about him, too. You mentioned the dosing. Because like a lot of times in medical school, it's good enough to just know the medication. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's all you got to know. The mechanism <laughs> matching in medication. Like, yeah. But a lot of the doctors, and Dr. Lomboy was definitely one who was like, and what dose? Yeah. Like how often you're just gonna throw you're just gonna throw a bunch of pills at them or like how how do you dose that and it's like oh you're right that actually does matter um like if you give eloquist versus uh zeralto it does matter how you dose that Mm -hmm. um so and and i think that's another point where you start to realize i am a fully functioning doctor maybe not on all medications soon soon to be but you're yeah yeah not on all medications but i saw the patient i wrote the patient up I talked to Dr. Lomboy about what I would do, and maybe he would add one other medication. I would fill it out. He would sign it, and that was that. And, you know, in your head, you're thinking, I just saw some random person off the street, did an entire <laughs> medical exam, and sent them on their way, and they got better. Like, that's, well, if that's medicine, hopefully right? Hopefully they got better. Exactly. But <laughs> I think that was a huge confidence boost. Yeah, he, he is really... <laughs> Because he, he starts off, I don't know if this is your experience, but a lot my experience and a lot of people I've talked to with him, uh, it starts off rough. Like, he expects you to do a lot. Thrown to the fire. And you're thrown in the fire, and it's a little rough. You might get chewed out once or twice. And then by end of second week, he's starting to warm up to you. By the third week, you're really just rolling. Oh, I think uh, third day I was I was like... Dr. Lomboy, I'm on your wavelength. I'm still making mistakes, but I, I know what you So you never asked. got a phone call at the end of, in the middle of the night uh, <clears throat> after he was looking over your notes? He did send me a text. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I, I got a text. I didn't get the phone call. My, uh, my partner got the phone call. Yeah, no. <clears throat> Man, I got some bad allergies right now. No, he sent me a text at about 9 p.m. I was just doing my UWorld questions end of the day, and he said, hey, make sure you finish blah, blah, blah's note before you go to bed. Because I told him, he, he told me it's fine, do it when you get home, no rush. And I had told myself, I'm going to do it at 7 p.m., 8 p.m., and then I'll do questions and go to bed. So, totally blew my mind. And he texted me, and I said, oh my gosh, absolutely, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, so, like, my first text, besides me telling him my last name, was like, he was like, please revise your H&P. 
just so out with it. It right? gets better. He goes like he talks about these other things like I should have included. Um, please list his medical history. Like I thought I was doing a good job. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, oh, where was it? I don't think he. I thought he had he I thought he had written this because I had such a hard time um, finding. Oh, he just said you copy and pasted the nurse's notes, and it's hard to read on his past medical history. Because like I had, had seen this patient, and I got a history from the guy, but it was really hard. Yeah, and I was just like, I don't know how to finish the past <laughs> medical history without making it obvious I don't have anything. So I was like, I'll scour around the medical record and find past medical history, which is honestly what a lot of doctors do. Yeah, um, a lot of copy and, and paste. So I, I made, that was my first introduction because I think in person he told me, like, I read your past medical history and it's like obviously cop- copied from the ER doctor's notes and it makes me want to gouge my eyes out. Oh man! <laughs> and I'm like, oh, and then as I looked at it, and this is not meant to be a diss on ER doctors, but, yeah. but ER doctors' notes aren't very great, okay. um, and they are hard to read. And I, I knew exactly what he meant, and so like that was my first message from him, and I was like, oh my gosh! <laughs> my partner got like a twenty minute phone call. Oh my god! And like that was our first notes. You know, like we we yeah. thought we were doing what we we thought we were doing it good. Yeah. Um, you had made a comment about like him letting you write into the EH, uh, EHR of the medical record system yeah. at the hospital. He, I, I, because I had a few. I started. I did my online right after. I he had me come back in for a half a week to help train up the next group of people, which was it was a good opportunity. Felt really good. Yeah, there was two stories in that. Like one, I was helping them get the tech tech portion done because he really wants you to be able to access the EHR yeah. and do your note and be self sufficient almost right off the bat. Yeah, and because a, a lot of students come in and they're kind of told they, about it and they mm-hmm. just don't know what to do and he's just frustrated no, they don't know how to do it. He has incredibly high expectations for and, students. So I, I thought I was being clever. I basically went into my previous patients and I dropped the template for the EHR, for the note that he wanted. Right. And then I saved it thinking, perfect. Well, the other medical students couldn't find it. And then I couldn't find it. And then it got locked. So one of my notes had an actual note uh-huh. and then a revised doc, uh, dot and then a whole blank note. And I couldn't delete it. Oh, no. <laughs> and then he's like, can you delete it? And I'm like, oh, I'll work on it. <laughs> and like, I'm like, oh, my gosh. I, I, this yeah, is just the worst. The... I'm here to help, and I'm making it worse. Yeah. And I talked to the uh, IT, and they're like, oh, with this EHR system, we can't actually delete notes. I'm just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> no, it's there. It's in the metaverse <laughs> it's not forever. Even, yeah, it's like it's in this patient's chart for all of time. I'm like, oh, my gosh. But like, I think what you mentioned, that's something that I also appreciate is if you had that uh, connection with him, or if he trusted you, he would say, Hey, like I had to go back over Christmas break. He said, I have a week that, you know, my wife's out of town. Would you come in and, and be an extra hand? And I'm like, Oh, you trust me like that. But since then, I mean, we, he's been to the match ceremony. We went fishing together. We did, oh my gosh. we did like a Christmas event together. Like, I mean, I have a great relationship with him and I feel like that stems from him having high expectations for students and, and seeing their work. I'm, I'm a little jealous because, like, a lot of my preceptors I try to make some kind of connection with. And he was definitely one where I was like, I am 
really trying to make a connection with yeah. this guy but like <laughs> there is nothing we have in common like i mean the one thing we have in common is we were both catholic but that yeah. is that is about he, the he's a very religious guy <laughs> that is like the long <laughs> and the short of it and i'm just like i tried you know, i think we talked about sports and he's not a sports guy yeah he, <laughs> <laughs> he, like, he asked me the second day or maybe it was the third day oh do you guys drink coffee and i was like oh not not me but one of my good friends was my partner and i said he drinks a lot of coffee and he goes, oh, you must be Mormon. And I, I know he was like <laughs> joking, but I was like, I don't know how to respond to this. And I was like, yeah, I actually am. And he goes, oh, I've had several students. And, you know, he mentioned Joe Call and Joe mm-hmm. uh, Levi. Yeah. And, but yeah, great guy. But yeah. speaking of those relationships, I, we got to do a fishing tournament with Lomboy and, and Christmas event. I did... Dr. Jalad's exercise class on Saturday morning. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. She does Orange Theory, I think it is. Yeah, Orange Theory. So it's like a a high-intensity interval training, and she said, I have a plus one. Will you come with me Saturday (laughs) at like five in the morning or whatever? And that's when I sleep in. And I said, absolutely, (laughs) you know? Yeah, of course. I can't wait. (laughs) Well, sure, I'll be right there. (sighs) Yeah, we did that twice with her. And then we actually saw her at a, a Ramadan event. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one of my other classmates, Muslim, and we hang out a lot. And she's like, oh, do you want to come? There's a big dinner. And I go, and Dr. Jalad's there, and it was, yeah. So I see so many of my doctors. I, I, I did my rotation with her when they were on Ramadan. Yeah. And, like, she, they don't eat during the day. No. And, like, I don't know how, like, she's this high-energy person. I don't think she, she eat. ever eats, to be honest, because oh, yeah. I had her in the fall. She always, like, grabs something, yeah. and, like, you she, never see her eat it. She comes in, I mean... She'll be like, oh, I, I was on call last night at Navicent. So, okay, you haven't slept all night. She'll come in. She won't eat breakfast. We'll go around. She'll walk me to the cafeteria. She'll grab a salad. I'll eat. She goes back to the echo room to write her notes. And then we go to her clinic. She still has the salad from lunch. We do all the clinic hours. And she walks out and she still has a salad she hasn't touched yet. I'm I, like, lady, are you, you a robot? That's yeah, crazy. Uh, it, my favorite story with her was like she she was going to do extra rounds that night uh-huh. at like Piedmont. And it was raining really hard. And she, like, she was telling us the next day, like, yeah, I went to Piedmont and it was raining so much that the water was like an inch on the ground. And which is not a big deal, but I was going to get out of my car and I saw a snake. And I'm like, nope. Closed the door, just got back in the car and just drove off. And it's like, oh my gosh. That's she something just, she would do. She, like, she, she goes to the beat of her own drum. Yeah, for sure. Love her for that. Um, so Lomboy, um, internal medicine Lomboy. Um, I know there's a lot of, we don't have like a thousand hours to talk about everything, but... Um, what were your top cores if you had a few top cores? Like, like you really, like, either were unexpectedly good or... Surgery. Uh, okay. I, I mean, this, I wouldn't say, oh, I think I want to do surgery now. But I was not expecting surgery to go as well as I planned. You thought it was going to suck? I didn't know what to expect. Okay. You know, I, I had done all my suturing practice. I bought one of those kits, so I was up to date on, I guess, the skills they want you to know. Mm-hmm. But I had a urologist for surgery first, Dr. Bear. Okay. Incredible, I've heard good things about incredible him. Incredible guy. We got along very well. Big basketball player, so that kind of uh, played to my strengths. <laughs> and then followed that up with Dr. Williams, who is oh yeah a stand-up guy, incredibly intelligent. Very, very good rotations he's, right there. Yeah, he's the lead robot surgeon in middle georgia or something like he does all these conferences he's also i think associated with the 
Navicent program, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, or surgery he, program. I got to do trauma call with him. I mean, I loved it. I wasn't expecting to be as hands-on or involved, and they they understood what I was good at, what I was bad at, and mm-hmm. they said, you know, if you feel comfortable, go right in. Yeah, that, that is actually kind of a nice point about uh, surgery uh, compared to, like, family medicine. Yeah. Like, family medicine... You do some hands-on, you know, if you want to do a physical exam or something like yeah. that. But it's mostly cerebral is mm-hmm. what I would call it. Like, there's generally not a lot of, oh, I'm going to give you this injection and I'm going to do, like, especially for medical students, we're not generally doing a lot of hands-on yeah, stuff. Yeah, typically not. But surgery is that, like, scrub in. Yeah. Here, how about you do this, hold this, do this. Uh, you want to close? And it's like, what? And, <laughs> I, I got to do all this? With Dr. Williams, I mean, like I said, we got along very well. He, <clears throat> I was very open with him about what I think I, my strengths are and what I wasn't so good at at the beginning, and he had me practice. But towards the end, it was inject lidocaine, make the cut here, mm. insert the trocar. I'm doing all this myself, and then attach the arms to the robot, and then hands off, he does the surgery, and then close. And it's like, I am... I don't know. I felt like I got to do so much in that. I, I think if I had the opportunity to do the trocar stuff, I would I would have liked the robotic surgeries more. Yeah. I, the robotic surgeries are cool. But they're long sometimes. They're long, boring, especially if you're not doing anything. Yeah. If like you're, if you're just like, I'm moving, I'm pulling the arm out and putting the new one on, mm-hmm. like you have two seconds of fame. And generally, <laughs> depending on the OR team, yeah. You're getting yelled at. Yeah. Oh, you're doing they, it wrong regardless yeah. of whether you do it exactly how I, they said I it. I wish they would give us some more like laxness, if that's a word. Yeah, like a little bit like a little bit of great. I mean, it's they, a serious situation, I mean, obviously. I've seen them train new OR nurses or techs or circulators. Uh-huh. I see the first day they don't know. But like you, that's normal. But you you've heard them back talk them, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so it's like <laughs> It's like as students, you understand you were the new circulator at one point. Mm-hmm. You were the new OR nurse. Don't yell at us. Just say, hey, do this. Because a lot yeah. of the things, a lot of the mistakes we make aren't life or death. They're not mm-hmm. sterile or non-sterile. It's like, oh, maybe straighten your back or maybe don't stand that close to the robot. Yeah. So, like, like generally speaking, it's not. Yeah, it's not going to hurt the patient. They're not. Yeah. I, obviously, like <laughs> if we were a danger to the patient, the nurse's oh, yeah, job, like she doesn't need to do whatever she needs to do. But like most of the time, it's just like, I think I got told by one nurse, like I was, I was nervous because I got yelled at for even getting close to the table one day, uh-huh. and I was trying to get my gown out and put it on the table for later. And I was like, hey, do you mind if I open this, do you mind just putting the get taking the gown out and putting it on the table? And she's like, I will I don't do anything for you. Oh wow. And I was just like, okay. Well, it, I just don't want to get yelled at because yeah. I know I could open it and drop it on the table and that's fine. But you don't want to But make last that time I got close to the yeah. table, I got yelled at. So like I don't know, you want me to airborne this thing over there? Like <laughs> And they're not all like this. No, no. The, the, it, there's a, a few that can't wait to just say something to i'll be in a doorway don't stand there i'm i'm not do, i'm just standing here <laughs> don't like, go out the exit <laughs> yeah some something small i but, i always my, my general theory is that it's about the surgeon yeah. um but you had so dr williams is actually a really good one i mean yeah, most fantastic. of them are pretty good there are some that are 
maybe a little have more personality. Oh, uh, I th- yeah, but I but, think Williams, he's got the personality and he's been doing it for like. 40 oh, I, I just plus mean years. like the so as far as like the OR team, like because I've been in, I did you know we all we all do general surgery rotation for six weeks, uh-huh. and all those ORs like generally with a few exceptions, like if we were doing a Saturday surgery and there was a scrub nurse that was like the only one there, she was the being the one, yeah, like they were pretty chill, pretty cool. Yeah. During the week, a little less chill, a little less cool. Very much But so. when I did ortho, all cool. Man. 100%. 100% cool. Everyone was cool. Everyone was like, hey, can I help you? Can I do <laughs> something for you? Hey, I'll tie you up here. Oh, you need your glasses adjusted? You need your, your hat? We wear, wear the hoods. Like, you need your hoods adjusted? No problem. Let me do that for you. And just like, my goodness, this is a different. Yeah, it's a very different. <laughs> and, and it's like you said, it's, it's all about the staff. Like Dr. Bear had, was very particular about who he wanted in the room. Mm-hmm. Same with Dr. Williams. But whenever there was an audible and someone else was in there, you know, you could feel the vibe was off. Oh, yeah. And that's why I think, I think like the surgeon sets the tone. Like yeah. whatever the surgeon permits will happen. Yes. If the surgeon's like, we're all cool here. We're then doing we're cool, the- cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. Then at all the doors is like, cool, cool vibes. And yeah. then like if you're like, we're going to be jerks in here. It's and going to be tight and very yeah. <laughs> then you know, I don't know. It's just a different uh, different vibes. Like because ortho was like three weeks. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't matter which doctor I was with. Like it was all very chill. Yeah. And I got to do a whole lot of like general surgery. Even though I had practiced suturing and I thought I did a pretty good job, I think I was able to complete maybe six sutures that oh. weren't cut. Oh man! And like it was brutal. Like it was <clears> like. <throat> I would, and it, and sometimes like there would be like, like my favorite story was like the scrub the, the nurse that we would, that trained us of how she wanted us to do suturing yeah was on one side of the table and Rogers was looking over my shoulder <laughs> and so Rogers is my surgeon yeah and I was uh, doing what he wanted which he wanted me to grab the loose end mm-hmm. with the um, forceps and the needle driver and then the pull, and then grab the other end and then pull both ends with do one it. swift motion uh-huh. and she was like don't do that and Roger was like do it <laughs> <laughs> like they're both going back and forth I'm like I don't know what to do yeah oh, <laughs> like, I'm going to get yelled at <laughs> like because like she, the nurse and then she's got a reason like she wants you to grab a little bit pull a little bit so you're not yeah. like Going right. way up to your head or something but, like that. Who do you defer to in that moment? The Obviously, surgeon. The, the surgeon that's <laughs> grading you and like, yeah. So. It's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> so stressful. Um, so you like, sorry, yeah, still tell you like, sur- like surgery surprised you very much. I would say, starting med school, I was zero percent surgery. As of now, I'm like 5% surgery. Okay, which so, I was so, so basically expecting. zero. Yeah, well, I, obviously I'm not <laughs> well, you're, you're switch, about to take but... step two, so you're about to make that plunge into... Exactly. But I never thought in a million years I would say, oh, wow, surgery very like really interests me. Oh, okay. So Very, very different. Like, I, I started medical school. I had seven, I worked seven years as a surgery coordinator. Oh, man. And I, ortho, ortho. So yeah. I was like, I want to be a surgeon. <laughs> like, I love, I, I love their lifestyle. I love the doctors I worked for. Uh-huh. Like... And when I say lifestyle, like they did it in a way I think most surgeons should do it, which is like have a bunch of partners, share the call schedule. Yeah. Um, nobody was working. Nobody was basically like working twenty, you know, twenty hours a day or something like that. Yeah, it was that's... all pretty chill. Like one surgeon, he made he made a good amount of money. Like he wasn't suffering. Mm-hmm. He would do his ASC procedures and get like ten cases done before one o'clock. 
You'd wow. be done. You'd start at seven, get 10 cases done. You'd go hit the golf course. And you're like, that was his life. Like he would do yeah. three total joint replacements on one OR day and be done. He'd be done by three. And his clinic, he started at seven, ended around three. And he was done. Like maybe he would do his rounds at the hospital. Like he'd usually they would do the rounds in the morning, but that was it. Like their mm. lifestyle was good. And that's then, why everybody was like, "Oh, surgeons' lifestyles are terrible." No. It's like no. But then you contrast <laughs> that with Doctor Baird, the urologist, and he's like the main urologist in the hospital, and he uh-huh. has to do all these calls and Doing make caps. sure everyone's covered while he's making yeah. his own practice. It's. I think when you when you're when you're, you're a lone wolf, it's tough. Like, it's tough. Like, yeah, he, I think. That's an important like concept in medicine in general and in med school is lean on your cohorts. If you think they can assist you, try to share the burden instead of, oh, I'm going to do everything by myself and figure it out. And I like that mentality. I think that's a, a I, I leaned a lot on my peers yeah. for advice. That's one of the reasons, main reasons. I like soccer because it was fun, but I like, and I like soccer because it's good exercise for me. Who doesn't get out very much? Um, but, but also, I liked it because it had all these peers I could talk to yeah, and be like, "How you did network. you get through this rotation?" Exactly, what, you know, and get a lot of information. It's a massive advantage. But I'm curious because there's uh, that's not true for every medical school, and that's mm-hmm. certainly not true in practice. Yeah, uh, I've heard stories of um, practices that you know they will screw over one of their partners because yeah. they can. And you hear, I mean, even here. <laughs> <clears throat> I've had doctors tell me, oh, you know, 30 years ago, this happened. And 15 years ago, this practice split apart. And you're like, that what? actually happens. <laughs> like, people can't just work together and hold hands. And Like, what the anesthesiologist was telling me about, like, the surgical practice <clears throat> that um, this guy got, like, a bonus, sign-on bonus, like $60,000. He spent all the money on injectables that he was going to use Basically, he bought a bunch of, let's say, it's like Syndix one, yeah. like knee injection stuff. And he stocked up the closet with it. Well, then he moved to a different office. Like the practice expanded and he went to a different office. And his partners moved his stash of stuff. Like He was giving the injections to his patients and billing for it. And basically, yeah. that was kind of like an investment. Like yeah, he paid a yeah. certain amount of money. He can charge a little bit more. He makes money off of each one. He, like, his partners moved it. And started using it. Oh, and then man. when he was like, oh, um, hey, guys, that's mine. They were like, oh, no, it's part of the practice. So they argued with him. And he had to get his lawyer involved. Oh, my god! And then their lawyer for the practice was ignoring his, the lawyer's phone calls. So basically, like, he was being billed for all the times the lawyer had to try to reach out to them. And their lawyer was dodging the phone calls. Running up the bill. Running up the bill. And they, they, he, it was a final trigger, apparently, was... He overheard them during, like, he was out in, like, a workstation, and they were in a meeting. They didn't know he was there, and they were talking, and they were laughing about how this poor sucker, he's going to spend more money on his lawyer than he's ever going to, would ever spent on that Giving stuff. the injectables. The yeah. injectables. And he was like, oh, my gosh, my partners are, like... They are screwing me over, mm-hmm. and it's like those are your partners. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> it's that's like crazy. these are like fellow doctors that you should lean on that you know like could give you advice in the future that could help you out. And like, and they're just taking it. It's just wild them. to me that that exists in medicine. Uh, I mean, you see it. I, I don't want to <laughs> say it's that's like a rare case. It happens. It does happen. I mean, but people, you just right? gotta, like, yeah. doctors aren't. You got to weed out those people and. The, nothing, the doctors are no different than the average. Sorry, that was a bit of a tangent. No, um, no. But I, that's why it's like, man, I love... It's a, it's a good thing. It's work together and be nice 
to work with. Everyone and, pulls the weight and everyone and, gets better. And here's the crazy thing. It's a all or was a high tide raises all boats. Right? If we all work as very good efficient doctors, the medical field becomes a better place. Yeah, for so, sure. And, and like we said, it's exceptions. There's bad people and good people yeah. out there. For well, the that's why I, I was like, I guess I got on it talking about like how I, I saw how surgery, uh, ortho, ortho, I know ortho is different. You mentioned like yeah. urologist. Uh, obviously, ortho doesn't really have too many major emergencies and they weren't, they weren't trauma ortho either. So yeah. they weren't getting the car accidents and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I liked, I liked that. I went into medical school thinking that that was what I was wanting to be that it was pretty clear um, doing my surgery rotation. I was like, oh, man, I don't really like surgery. Because <laughs> I, I, so I, I had already kind of retired ortho as an option yeah. because I, I don't have the step one score. Um, and ortho really is a network. It's massively. And, and it's very much protectionist. Like they really want the US MDs and DOs. Like, yeah. again, I, I talked about this often, like the statistics, eight IMGs matched in the ortho last this last match eight out of like 600 slots or whatever it is maybe it's maybe it's 300 i don't know but like it's an uphill there's not very sure. many imgs and then we know one we we, we know one that is affiliated with Sh- trinity shout out obi yeah <laughs> this guy who is affiliated with trinity but he spent years being a research fellow and had to network that path yeah he so. really networked into that so it's like props to him though i mean that's <laughs> determination right yeah if you really want to do it then you can do it i i'm 34 years old i got five kids I, I don't have two, three Great years. Great kids, by the way. Great yeah. kids. <laughs> well, we're, we're, the jury's out after the toilet incident. But <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, I thought ortho, but I went, like, oh, maybe surgery, because surgery is, you know, OR. And mm-hmm. like, maybe I just like the idea of being in the OR. Did general surgery? And like, no, too squishy. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Valid critique. Yeah, so I was like, no, no general surgery. Too squishy for me. And honestly, like, the lifestyle, all the doctors I saw was just like, this is terrible. Like, <laughs> and I know divorce is common in the medical field in general, but, like... It's much higher. <laughs> it's so I'm high. Like, I was like, yeah. I don't want to get a divorce. <laughs> I don't... Uh, yeah, so that was a lot. So I was like, no surgery. Uh, I gave it a go. I gave it actually a go and... Uh, for ortho in this last match, but it was like 10 programs. Yeah. Just see if it was like, send your line out, right? And like, you know, I'll, I'll, if I look back on it and I never did it, there's always going to be in my mind, like, well, what, what if, if, yeah. What if that no, one it's... program was like, yeah, this guy. And, Absolutely. And it's like, oh, that, you know, long shot, you know, and obviously it didn't work out. And I'm, I'm happy where I ended up. I, I applied to I, internal medicine. Yeah. I got into a program. I, I was like my number two program. So I'm like, Phew. That's perfect solid. perfect yeah <laughs> um okay so surgery was the most sorry this is your interview not me no no uh, <laughs> this, is, this is a, a <laughs> conversation surgery right? was uh the most surprising to you um which one did you did you, did you enjoy like some well, which one was your least favorite that's that's who more uh, i mean i don't want to i don't want to say it the current the, one is the word no no, no twice no. if it's no Do- dr wilson's great i love family <laughs> i like that he lets me do a lot as well i would say it was I wouldn't say OB was my least favorite because I think some of the highest highs I had were in OB, like helping out in a C-section, you know? Okay. And now I know who you didn't have. (laughs) (laughs) Helping close, you know, delivering. But then you do have the lows of 
there were several days that we didn't have anything and patients didn't want me in the room or it, like I said, it's, it's a different field, but there are some absolutely incredible moments that can happen there. Yeah, for sure. So you, I think you might've, cause when I was going through, we only really had two preceptors that did OB. Um, one of them is privileges were basically Navicent mm-hmm. and a little bit of Piedmont. And we never did really any cases there. The other one, she didn't have privileges anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, except for at her, um, family birth center. So I'm guessing you didn't have her. No, we, uh, we purchased, we, I the school. This. No, well, it was Houston. Houston purchased an OB clinic. Oh, that's right. Okay. So now we have privileges there, there. There was a day we had soccer. There was a guy who was like, yeah, we just signed contracts with you guys. Yeah. Like, oh, cool. So <laughs> again, I'm, I feel very lucky to have had those experiences. That is, that is nice. I know a lot of people who are, um, I think could be disappointed if like they didn't see a delivery or do a yeah. C-section. And, um, whereas like mine I got to see a lot. It was almost all outpatient clinic, mm-hmm. but like I've got five kids, so I've seen five births. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like this I wasn't like, oh man, experience. I need to see more of a live birth, guys. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I got five, but we're gonna, you know, I got I got to cut the umbilical cord. I got oh, to, man. like that's what I'm looking like, for. We're to. good. We we did a lot of stuff. Yeah, like so. Oop. It's all right. If you need to get that, you're cool. No, I just gotta call my sister. Oh, okay. Um. I didn't have more notes. So, cores, how how about the shelves? Because as much as third year is awesome, it's not I, like step one, but you still have to study for shelves. I think shelves are cake. Not to sound overconfident. Oh, this guy's so smart. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I mean in comparison. I already hate, to, I already hate you a little bit. But in that's comparison okay. to that step one, where there's so much ambu- ambiguity, mm-hmm. you're you're coming to this inflection point of is this shelf going to be a make or break situation and you take your practice exam. So you know what you're expecting. And then you, you take the actual exam and it's really not that bad. If you do your, your diligence. And as I said, I started prepping for step two day one of internal medicine. So now internal medicine comes around and we did fine. OB comes around and we killed it. Uh, surgery comes around, family comes around and that anxiety that you get before exams kind of goes away. Like two days before a shelf exam, you're just like, oh yeah, I got an, like I have an exam in a week and I'm not, I don't know. I don't feel the pressure. It's like, yes, obviously I have to perform, but I'm not panicking and hyperventilating that, oh, what if I, what happens? And no. See, I hate this guy a little bit because I know like I'm, I, I stress about it. And then, like, over the weekend, I'm, like, refreshing well, the not, email. It's like, not on. zero stress. But <laughs> Come on, I think, Soto. Where's my... <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Am I going to start my next rotation? I think once you do... <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> I think because they're so standardized, once you do one or two, you understand what they're expecting and what you're going to score after you take it. Like, mm-hmm. I knew after I took my OB exam, I said, okay, I know within five points where I'm going to sit. So, wh- how did you study for those? UWorld. I did. Okay. So, day one of rotations, I switched to UWorld. And OB has 300 and something in reproductive health and 300 in uh, pregnancy. So, in a week, you've kind of done UWorld. 
So your first week of online, your entire year world you've seen. Maybe you don't know everything perfectly. You shouldn't. But you've seen every question. You know they love asking about this. And, oh, I didn't, I've never seen this fetal heart tracing before. And apparently that's important in OB. And then your second week, you'll do it again. And now it's like, oh, I'm starting to see the patterns. By your third week, you've done one, maybe two NBMEs. And you're like, at least in my case, I was 10 plus points above the passing mark on my first NBME. And that's four weeks away from your shelf. Oh, so, nice. So yeah. that kind of takes a lot Nothing of the stress. Upward out of momentum it. there. Exactly. So it's like, wow. Yeah, I didn't score. You know, I'm not honoring at this point, but I know that the fear of, am I going to underperform, kind of goes away. And it allows you to spend more time on understanding the material instead of, I need to make sure I pass. I need to do everything <laughs> and see everything. So you did, um, if I understand it, you said you world, uh, and you mentioned NBMEs. Yep. So you, you typically do all the forms, because I think some of them have like yeah. two to four, I think. I'll do all the forms. I'll do... Online med ed is okay. I kind of do it as a supplement in the beginning. Hmm. Like I'll supplement online med ed, and then I'll go into the U world. So maybe I'm not going into the U world, you know, raw without seeing. I think anything. that depends on the rotation, just because like online yeah. med ed like has a medicine category, it, exactly. <laughs> which is like which one do I study for family? Yeah, and uh. so there's that. Um, it's not the uh, the Kaplan book, but there's a, a step up to medicine. Yep, okay. and there's a master the boards. I tried first aid step two, didn't really work. It's not as good as step one. But I had the other two for my internal medicine. So I would do the female reproductive, you know, the breast changes. And I'll be honest, I think OB is, I wouldn't say easy, but very doable. There's few topics that are pretty easy to master. And then you can kind of go into your shelf. Okay. Which, which uh, shelf would you say was the hardest for you? So a little biased. I think it was internal. But that's, again, that was my first shelf. It's a, it's a huge one. It's Yeah, and I kind of wish, I'm glad I had it at the beginning. There's also like 110 questions. The, yeah, they're all 110 now except family. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I'm glad I had it first. It gave me a great foundation. But I kind of wish I had it in the middle or towards the end so I could have a baseline. Like going into the surgery one, after already doing OB, Anytime there's a question about a breast mass, a breast cyst, or, you know, an endometrial issue, I know it. I just had OB. I don't even have to think twice. I click the answer and it's done. Mm -hmm. So I want to say, maybe I didn't understand how to study for a shelf yet, but after the internal shelf, I said, yeah, okay. we know what to do. You mentioned uh, Emily Holiday's video. She's yeah, like a two-hour high-yield. Yeah. I'm guessing that... That was obviously unique to internal med. Did you have any shelves that you had something unique that you added to it in in studying for it? Any sh like any any particular top like core rotation that when you were studying for your shelf, did you add any extracurricular? Because like, you mentioned U World, online med ed, uh, NBME. Oh, testing. like supplemental like, information. Some, anything else that you supplemented in there? Yeah, not to sound like a nerd. I, I'm not a nerd. I just try very hard. So if I also have minor ADHD, so <laughs> if I'm not doing something new, things get stale. Okay. So for internal medicine, I did all the U worlds. People say I didn't have enough time to finish internal med U world during my 12 week rotation. I finished it twice. It's like 
over a thousand questions, if I remember it's rightly. Fifteen hundred, if you include ambulatory and emergency. Oh, okay. But yeah, and you like, did. <laughs> I finished it twice. Oh, nice. And then I switched on to Step Up to Medicine, and I read that book through and marked it up. And then I switched on to Master the Boards, but I didn't get into Master the Boards as much as I wanted to because my shelf was coming up. So I pivoted back to the. MBMEs. There's always times when you reach a topic where you're like, you want to dive more into it, but you're like, oh, I don't have, no, if I have time to do this. Yeah. It's not even like the, there's a different depth, but once you've done UWorld so many times, like I ran into this with surgery. I've, there's not as many surgery questions as there is internal and you have 12 weeks again. I think I finished surgery three or four times. So it started UWorld questions that are supposed to take you time start becoming flashcards like oh yeah this 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 then the answer's that and the, so for like surgery there was like a kaplan surgery book yep that so this is separate from so there's a book that's i think published by kaplan but written by somebody else i can't remember the top of my head but it's like a, it's like a small book it's roughly oh, yeah. this size it's dr pastanas yeah, yeah it's yeah, actually really that. good it's actually like of all the textbooks out there i i liked it yeah because it my, was like it was like very narrative. It was like him giving his opinion about things. Yeah, I think, in my opinion, so I did the master of the board surgery part. I did the U World, the MBMEs, Doctor Pastana's notes, and then the Kaplan textbook for surgery. Oh, okay. I think Doctor Pastana's notes are just an easier, but the exact same information yeah. that you get in the Kaplan book. Yeah, I just think it's an easier digestible. Yeah, and oh, it was, totally it was also digestible. like in there was like in the robotic surgeries, uh, only one of us would scrub in. So like Chris would scrub yeah, in, and I would be sitting on a, on a chair. Like this is a two-hour yeah. procedure. I Same am, thing. I'm not. I'm just. And you, you have, can pull it out of your back pocket yeah, and be like, yeah, no problem. You have it all day, but I think it it's a longer read to do the Kaplan than the Pastanas, uh-huh. Doctor Pastanas, but. I do think that the if there's a gap in because I think there's gaps in every book that's why I like to read a, a couple of them but if there's a gap in Dr. Pastana's there's typically a gap in the correlating Kaplan textbook yeah so that's when you'll switch over to like a UWorld uh, chart or something like that and uh, since you mentioned um, UWorld um, how do you do UWorld because like, there's a different yeah. ways to do it like, and there's yeah. different theories behind it so you Sorry, I know you got a call. I, I I don't mean to. You did, you did. I snoozed it and said turn it off. <laughs> um, no, I would say uh, you have to be, have to be. I think it's very beneficial to be in tutor mode. And I've listened okay. to a couple med school podcasts that have said similar things. Because if you're doing 40 questions in non-tutor mode, you finish the exam, you want to go back over your answers... And now you have to reread the question to be like, oh, yeah, what were they talking about? So, you know, if you do it in tutor mode, you get it wrong. You know exactly why. Timed or untimed? Uh, timing's never been a problem for me, so okay. I just do it untimed. Okay. But uh, I, I mean, I'm a huge disciple of the tutor, untimed. Yeah. Um, 40, you know, tw- start, start if, you, if you have concentration issues, start small. Yeah. Like 10 manageable yeah, blocks. I went for a long period of time where 20 blocks was all I could do. Yeah. But now it's now I'm 40 blocks. You just get you mean you just work up to it. Like you you need to yeah. get there, but yeah. like start something manageable because yeah. you don't want to be like question 5 and you be like and... Oh man, I still have 35 more. <laughs> I find myself actually quitting exams cuz I'm like I don't even have the mental fortitude to be like I'll do 20, take a break and then come back into the next 40. 
It's just, oh, there's 35 ahead of me. I'm just going to, you know, cancel the exam. Suspend. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's dumb, but I honestly did that. Uh, okay. But I think the timing-wise, untimed is fine. But so, I also find myself just going through and So would you, I think this, this is what tutoring, you, you know, obviously you select the question, you hit submit. Mm-hmm. Did you review it right then and there or yeah. did you move on to the next one and then go back? So the first time through, I would just review it then and there if it was wrong and, and be like, oh, okay, I could change this and this and that's what they want me to focus on. Really read into it. Yeah, I would read into it, but that was it. And then the second time through, I would answer them and there's a lot less that you get wrong the second time because, you know, you've understood the concept. Some of the questions you're like memory. Yeah. I know this question is, this is the answer. But then recently, I don't, this is probably my third or fourth pass through UWorld. I've been making charts and documents. So I have one doc that is, or sorry, one window that is cardio in one tab, poem in one tab, endocrine in one tab. And as I go through the answers... If it's a topic like pheochromocytoma, I'm opening up the endocrine tab and I'm typing in everything they had that either I don't know, because if I know it, you know, you know what it does, hypertension, uh-huh. all that. So I'm not going to write, oh, it does this, but maybe I missed, I had one today. It was hyperthyroidism causes proximal muscle weakness. And I was like, I always miss that because I think they're talking about some nerve conduction, conduction mm-hmm. issue. So I went over to my little tab and I typed up, you know, hyperthyroidism, this. And so everything's organized now. I think the last one I have to do is infectious disease. And then I have all of you world documented into like a hundred pages. Oh yeah. Um, so my, my, I like that strategy. That was because you a word doc. Yeah. Well, it's easier. Cause then if you have a question on something else, you can control F and type in like, Oh, botulism. How does that appear? And then be like, oh, no, that doesn't match my symptoms. Let me go. It's probably something else. Yeah. So I I like that because it, it, it's similar to what I do. And then that's a little self-congratulatory. But um, <laughs> so like I so my structure was always like, you know, knock out online meta, start your questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's knock out like, the iHuman. I would watch all the online meta videos. And I, I wouldn't use his notes because I, I, my, my general belief is is that if you use somebody else's notes, it's not you, it's not you it. writing it, yeah. it's not you learning it. But I would, I would draw out his notes. I would write them out and draw it out. And then I would go through the U-World questions. And if I got something wrong, mm-hmm. because, and I would go to the notes where it was yeah. at and I would like add it in, put it back in there. Because like, between, and, and this is like the, the supplemental stuff, back to that, but it's you're supplementing everything. U-World is great doesn't have everything like i'll still do an mbme after i finish you world twice and see something that i've never seen before maybe it's not the right answer mm-hmm. but i don't know what they're talking about when they say that so i add that in my doc then maybe i read master the boards and there's something that stuck out i'll add that in my yeah. doc so and you now have it's like a this master doc that's yeah. like the yeah. bible of step two basically yeah. I, I always use so i use notably um i i generally have a dislike for word docs but it does have a search function as well. Even if it is handwritten, it yeah. can find something. But well, if your handwriting is terrible like I would, mine is, it's not Terms so one great. through four, I would do the same thing what I'd write in notebooks, like old school. Because oh, writing yeah. helped me memorize stuff. And then I realized when I was searching for stuff, once you got into midterms, 20, 40 pages of notebooks, 
Yeah, it's a you, lot harder like, to find stuff. Yeah, like, which notebook did I put that in? Or, like, what page? And, like, yeah, I can't find it. Yeah, so I went over to the robots. Chat, yeah. Chat GPT's got me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I definitely, uh, with you, I, just, I started paper, you know, term one. And then I upgraded. I had an iPad, like this one. Yeah. Uh, I'm a, I'm an Apple fanboy, if you haven't <laughs> noticed. But <laughs> I got the Apple Pencil, and I was like, I can write my notes yeah. by hand. So you still have the... The textile, yeah, and it's like, and then it's actually searchable. So I, I, I'm a big fan of like Notably is actually a really solid tool. Uh, for a minute, I it has a, a record function. For, so Ooh. for a minute, I was recording lectures. It will actually, if you wanted to find out like what was what prompted you to write a certain note, you could go and listen to it, and it would kind of uh, retrace show it, what you were, show oh, you what really you were nice. listening to when you were writing it. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, but like. Time I, I never. I, there was yeah. times when I was falling asleep in lecture. I'm like, there is no point of me <laughs> recording this lecture. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. What was going on when that was happening? I was snoring. Oh uh, that's what gosh, was going dude. on. <laughs> and I woke up and I saw Diaz's slide with a thousand words on it. Don't get me started. <laughs> I wish people would spend more time organizing their slides. Yeah, they would yeah. help in dividends. Uh, well, you had students. Z for anatomy. We had Diaz. Mm, yeah. We weren't the same. <laughs> we are from a different cloth, my friend. All right. Well, I'm taking up a lot of your time. I do want to follow up on that last question. So you started medical school thinking primary care. Yeah. And to, um, I, it sounded like family medicine, internal medicine was kind of the two things you were balancing. It, and as you long as this, I could have my own practice. That's what I thought. So manifestation board. How is it? <laughs> has it changed? So, yeah, the or mental man, I've never, you know, I never got my pin board out and tacked stuff up and put glitter or anything but in my head i always had a goal you know and i like the visual there that's good, that's good. <laughs> i mean that's what that's what they look like right uh, sure so uh <laughs> i i love the phrase jack of all trades master of none i okay. feel like that's very applicable to me i'm not overly smart i'm not overly athletic i'm not overly good at one thing but if you put them all together, it's like I'm pretty average in those Sounds categories. Sounds like family medicine. Exactly. And Point so I was tall. like, I want to take those skills and put them into practice. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sociable, I'd like to think. Mm -hmm. I want to understand all my medical cases. So there's the knowledge point. But I love technology. So I want to be very forward on telemedicine. And, and flexible to be able to incorporate some yeah, of that stuff. Yeah. I enjoy... In Interior design, like that sounds weird, but it's like I want to be in charge of how my practice is. It's not that weird because like a lot of pediatrician, people who want to go into peds will have like how they want their office to look. Yeah, and even like the effectiveness of it. Like I think the patient flow should go this way. And you walk through offices where you're like, oh, there's this tiny hallway and patients always get stuck there. And it's, it's the tiniest details, but... I, I, I see. I, I like that because my last year at Vancouver Clinic, we they implemented this. They were going to build these new buildings, and they implemented this pro project where it was all about f workflow. Yeah, the building was designed about around the workflow. Yeah, and not by some cookie cutter engineer that was like, oh, let's you want you want a hundred correct. Yeah. yeah, you want a hundred <laughs> exam rooms. Bam. Yeah, here you go. And it's like, oh, but you learn about the difference between a left hand and a right hand exam yeah. table, like how that actually makes a difference for how physicians work. Yeah. Because uh, you think of a lot of rooms, if you see a room where there's two doors next to each other, mm -hmm. that was an engineer that designed that, not a, not a physician. Because right. it is cheaper to have a wall 
that's cut and, two doors on either side, and you know, like so like the room opens up basically yeah. mirror images of each other. That's not how doctors like their rooms. Yeah. A lot of doctors are like, no, I want it, I need to be on the left side of the patient and I gotta do this, this, and this. And, and if you have a PA or a, an NP working with you, now it's like, well, maybe we'll do another set of hallways down here with those rooms yeah. so you're not, you know, in each other's space. And it was it was all about maximizing like the least amount of steps for everybody, patient, mm-hmm. physician, nurses, yeah. PAs, whatever, like so that somebody wasn't coming from the opposite side of the building to come all the way down. Like, yeah. oh, you have an orthopedic practice? You mean your patients get x-rays? Maybe x-rays should be next door. Right, so you're not <laughs> walking across the hole. And yeah, I think, I mean, given all those things together, I used to be... Like in high school, I always thought my career was going to be money motivated. Mm -hmm. I want to make as much money as possible, build a house, buy a house, have my kids, you know, go on vacation down the shore, do the the things. And now it's like, I find myself so happy living in a one bedroom apartment that's 800 square feet with my wife and my dog. You are going to be living in New York. So I guess Philadelphia (laughs) now. So yeah, but it's like the money motivation is not there. So I want to, I want to put that back in. I'm not trying to cram 200 patients in a day. I want to give the patients a great experience. I want the work environment to be perfect, you know? If you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. So I think that's kind of where I'm I'm directing. Okay. So you still... Sorry, I don't mean to steal your... Uh, so you're still thinking primary care. Yeah, okay. I, think, I think it'd be great. A okay. primary care office where you can, not to sound cocky, but call the shots. Yeah. If I I want a staff that's happy, nice, funny, so hardworking, and and that kind of sets the tone for your practice. So, um, are you going to be like sole p- provider, or are you going to join a p- larger practice, or is it just going to be like a small practice with like a few so, physicians, or are you going to own it? Like this is ideally, <laughs> ideally, this I is would years like down the road, yeah. obviously. No, but. but like I said, I'd like to think 20, 25 years down the road. Ideally, I own it. Okay. My dad had a great, uh, he had a um, radiologist, mm-hmm. or and maybe a cardiologist. I can't remember. He shared his office with someone, sure. and they would pay half the rent, and they would come in two times a month, <laughs> and all the patients my dad had to refer would see that that guy in mm-hmm. one day. That doctor, sorry in one day and he would pay half the rent. So it's like, not that that's a motivating factor, but the idea that I could have a pulmonologist come in one day a week, an infectious disease guy come in Mm. two days a week, or a radiologist come in twice a month. I like that idea of a conglomerate of a team, which it'll take a lot of effort, it'll take a lot of time, you know, a lot of filtering out, but I think if you had the perfect world, I would want 10 doctors that I absolutely love, work well with, great people that we can just share this community space and, and patients have a one-stop shop for anything they yeah. need. I think we have similar, mine's, mine's a little bit bigger, I guess. I, I, I Again, coming from Vancouver Clinic, um, I loved what they did um, because it it wasn't a hospital. It, uh-huh. it wasn't owned by a CEO. No. I mean, we, we did have a CEO, but he was hired by the board that was all doctors and by uh. the owners who were all, all the doctors were owners. Um, but it was every specialty under the sun mm-hmm. was, they had offices. We had, they weren't all private practices, running their own business. 
they were all partners in this in the multiple clinics across this big medium-sized city mm-hmm. um, providing anything from family medicine to infectious disease to cardiology it had a surgery center we had um, pathology that's the derm like so all these doctors one EHR system wow. that they all shared yeah you referrals were just like hey you want to? You need to see the pulmonologist. He's Goes right across the, the hall. We'll send yeah. the referral right there. No problem. I mean, granted, there is some like competition rules. Like, if a patient's like, "Hey, I would rather go to the other pulmonologist in town," right. like, you couldn't be like, "No, you, you have, have to see yeah, ours." Yeah. Like, we weren't Ki- we're, we're not Kaiser or anything like that. <laughs> like, no offense <laughs> to Kaiser, uh, <laughs> but you know, like, you, if you're on the Kaiser insurance, you can only see Kaiser doctors. Yeah. Like, this and, wasn't like that. It was, and I think your summary of the hospital is perfect. Where it's like, we don't know everything, but it's like we've seen a lot of things that don't work. You know, too big of a hospital with too many, you know, lawyers and tape and, oh, you have to do this. It's like, I think you could be extremely efficient and enjoy where you work with the yeah. least amount of drama possible. It, yeah, because my values when it comes to this is like, I, I want to be able to practice on my own. Yeah. I generally want to be more hospital-based, and that's why I left my options open for cardiology and stuff like that. Okay. But um, I don't like the paperwork side of things. I don't yeah. I don't want to have to, I mean, I will do it if I have to hire and, fi- you know, hire and fire staff and whatnot. I don't want to negotiate insurances. And that was the other, as a major drawback of these private practices that yeah. you are one person. You, you maybe see 4,000 patients in a year. So, and then like of those 4,000, maybe let's say a thousand of them are from one particular insurance. Mm-hmm. You don't have a lot of bargaining power, like in in a particular area. This insurance company is like, I have we have hundred thousand patients who a uh, hundred thousand people who subscribe to our insurance, so and you only see a thousand of them. So your bargaining power is zero. Is zero. You yeah. will take what we give you, and like that stinks. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're basically you can find conglomerations. I think a lot of physicians around here kind of band together and try to get a better deal. Yeah, but it's not great. Whereas like Vancouver Clinic was like, yeah, we see a hundred thousand patients. Yeah, like and like, oh, Humana, you can contract with us. We'll see forty thousand. Like we'll see your patients, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, and by the way, we're getting paid. Like yeah. we're we're gonna ask for good payment. But then, but that turns around like, oh, but that means healthcare is expensive. Like, well, no, you turn around and get great doctors. There's a lot of. <laughs> I, I think this. There's the misconception that healthcare is expensive because doctors want more money and it's more so that there's a lot of inefficiency oh yeah and and this goes to what you were saying about the pulmonologist is down the hall imagine a group where every specialty you have a good relationship with you understand what they're talking about when they write their notes versus i'm looking at some doctor that i've never met before and it's kind of you know very, I'm not sure what they said yeah, or what they're in their doing. Note, and I don't know what they want I'm back from me. I'm not familiar with them, so I don't know what they actually did. And that's not only is that familiarity, but that's efficiency. If I know exactly what Eric Acker, Dr. Acker wants, I can spend two minutes, respond, and it's done. And now you don't have to be like, oh, I have all this paperwork at the end of the day I have to do. It's Yeah, I mean, if you're going to refer somebody, like knowing like, oh, this doctor wants these x-rays like these views yeah like i'm not just going to send them a one view mm-hmm. i'm going to do a two or three view 
and that's going to be good for him. That way, my patient doesn't get to that office, and the doctor is like, and we so wish we send him to X-ray. Yeah. Send him to X-ray. We're, we don't like these ones. Or like, there's a neurologist I did a rotation with. He has very particular opinions on machines. Like, you do this machine. I'm very familiar with this MRI machine at this location. It provides really good imaging. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, like me. If I was a primary care doctor, I would have been like, uh, I'm going to refer you to a neurologist uh, quickly before I send you off. Let me get you an MRI. And yeah. then he takes the patient, does the MRI, and then he goes to the neurologist. And the neurologist is like, nah, I don't like that machine. That machine is terrible. Yeah, give, give me a different uh, one. I'm going to do the, a different one. And it's like, okay, now the patient has now done two MRIs. Yeah. And that's expensive. And but s- if, if I would know that ahead of time, it you would see the, the patient step. one scan. I wouldn't just say, I'm sending you over there. I'm not even going to do a scan. <laughs> and if you notice the doctors you rotate with, like the offices that really know what they're doing and are well-oiled, they have an x-ray machine in the next room. Or like Dr. Jalad and Dr. Kazi's office, they have a nuclear, an echo, and an EKG, like yep. everything downstairs. Exercise, stress test, whatever you yeah. want. Yeah, So I, You can I make mean, it more efficient. Yeah, they're definitely onto something. But I think that this new generation that we are in air quotes of physicians i think we're going to bring a lot of that into our practices for sure um i guess i wrap it up so uh family medicine or internal medicine yeah more so internal but you you plant making you might i know i guess you're getting i i have to always remember you guys are getting so close to your match process so um this is i would say i i was not i was like hard to the chest i'm like i'm not saying anything i'm not telling anybody what i'm doing oh no i i'll say (laughs) most of my application will be internal medicine towards the northeast okay so i i like personally i I, you know i I match internal medicine so i'm really happy about it but I, i loved internal medicine for like, hey, if you want to do outpatient, you can do outpatient. If you want yeah. to do inpatient, you can do inpatient. If you like, hey, I, uh, I actually want to do cardiology or I want to do GI, I want to do yeah. nephro. Like, it's you not have a, that option. A final decision, you know? Like, yeah, you have. <laughs> it's like that. I open this door and have other doors I can walk through if I want to. And yes. so you're not really like stuck. Yes, that's um, so. Exactly. That's what I love about one of the things I love about internal medicine. You have a lot of things you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Dylan. Um, Thank you again for coming on the podcast. It's my I, pleasure. Uh, about two hours. <laughs> so no worries. A little hey, longer was, than I, I meant to hold you down for. I, I hope this doesn't it. mess up your editing. <laughs> no, uh, I might not even edit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, hey, thank you for listening to this episode, part two of my interview with Mr. Dylan Thomas. I, again, really wanted to express how much I appreciated his time and effort to doing this episode with me. I, again, really enjoyed it. There was a lot of things in there. I hope uh, you guys learned a little bit, some little things about how we both did something different, uh, especially during the preclinical years of studying, how he didn't have sketchy, he didn't have boards and beyond, he didn't have pathoma until uh, much, much later uh, in that process, whereas I had it a little bit earlier. Uh, and just different ways of how he studied and got through the first few terms and how I did. Uh, I think that is kind of an interesting highlight uh, that everyone has a slightly different way of studying, and hopefully you will find your (laughs) studying habit, or maybe you already know what it is. So uh, I really did enjoy this episode. There's so much in there I hope you enjoyed, and um, next week we'll get back into some of our updates, and we will talk to you later. Thanks.